Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I am joined on the other line by Sports Illustrated staff writer, Rohan Notkerny. Rohan, how are you doing, my man? Mike, do you mind if I insult you right off the start of the jump today? Right off the jump? No, no, not at all. Not at all. So, you know, you know, the Twitter joke that's like men will literally do X instead of going to therapy. Sure. That's how I feel every time somebody reacts to Summer League. And I see you, I see you getting involved a tiny bit. And it's just, when will we learn our lesson? You know, it's like every year people watch these games. They pretend like they mean something. They pretend like they can figure out what any of it means. And it lies to you year after year after year after year. Can I, I see people live tweeting play by play action and I'm flabbergasted. I'm, what, what are we doing with this? Is, is the is the need for content so high that we need to know that Cade, Kinning, Cade Cunningham split a pick and roll in NBA Summer League? Are we sure Summer League is better than than the Final Four? I I don't even know. Um, so that that's that's just a little rant I needed to start the show with today. Rowan, there are two types of people in this world. Okay. Okay. There are there are people who overreact to Summer League. And there are people who outright reject joy. And so you have <laughs> firmly placed yourself no, in one no, of those no, categories. No, no. And so I, I, I feel for you. I pity you. But that's okay. No one's perfect. It's no, not a big there, deal. Are, there are people who watch Summer League. And then there are people who are living fulfilling lives. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I think that's the two groups uh, I okay. see in the world right now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, Rohan. Um, before we get into today's show, I, I just want to say 
Uh, thank you to all of our listeners, of course. Um, not thank you to you, Rohan, but thank you to everyone <laughs> for sending in your wonderful emails to openfloormail at gmail.com, openfloormail at gmail.com. Please keep sending them in. They're all wonderful. We're going to be reading a couple on today's show. I actually did not share them um, ahead of time with Rohan. I'm just going to kind of drop them on his head, and we'll see how he is able to uh, to react, and it should be very fun. Um, uh, as teased on our last episode, Rowan and I will be power-ranking the Western Conference today. And in a slight departure from my episode with Chris, the wonderful Chris Herring earlier this week, um, on the advice of several listeners, including CBS <laughs> Sports' James Herbert, uh, friend of the pod, uh, we will be placing these teams into tiers along the way as we rank them, because I think things... What did you compare... It was like um, it was like too. trying to follow a Christopher Nolan movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the the indie French film Tenet. Uh, I believe some people know it as Tenet. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of that movie. I was like, are we moving forwards? Or are we moving backwards? Time, you know, temporal spaces were really being. It was a great art experiment that first that Monday podcast or Tuesday rather. But definitely- no, and I, I, I will say that we generated as much money for Maven as Nolan did with Tenet for <laughs> Warner Brothers. So wow, <laughs> cover it- us for them sick movie birds. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's hop into this. Right well, off well, the- before okay, we start, no? do we- I feel like okay. we have to address what Ina's beloved Boston Celtics picking up Dennis oh. Schroeder. Are, are you buying a Schroeder jersey? Or are you going to die? Uh, part of your hair blonde. What, what's going on? What are you thinking? I mean, needless to say, I love this move, and honestly, it's a blessing that it did not happen before we recorded uh, a Monday show <laughs> because I would have had the Celtics probably one or two in the Eastern Conference and just been completely laughed at for days and weeks. And well, you already have Rob, Robert Williams as Kevin Garnett 2.0. You already have Jason Tatum as the MVP. Yeah, you know thanks. why not? Dennis Schroeder's comeback player of the year after the terrible loss. <laughs> I listen, I do think it's a home run move. I just want to put that on the record somewhere. And I've seen a lot of Lakers fans criticizing Dennis Schroeder. And I understand he was underwhelming for the team. I thought he was awesome his last year in OKC, man. I, I don't mm-hmm. and I, I even Herring was like, I'm not a big Schroeder fan, and that I, I need to like I might have to call him about that. I you know, I was surprised to hear that from him. I don't think he's a an all-star, but I think he's a really, really good player. And it's a, it's a home run move for Boston. And it just, it gives the rest of their lineup so much balance. Like it just puts everything in place. That's why I really like that move. Yeah. I I mean, I could talk about it for, for hours. Um, (laughs) I I don't know if he's going to start. I kind of don't want him to start, frankly. I think bringing someone like that off the bench in a similar role, as you said, to what he was doing with OKC would be really smart for Boston's offense. Um, and really relieve some pressure off Tatum and those bench units and Jalen as well. Um, but okay, can we can we now start yes, the yes, power ranking sorry. process? Yes. Okay. Do, do, you, do you? So we're we're. I have four tiers. I have five tiers. Okay. Why don't you go first and give me um, your fifteenth team, which is in I presume your fifth tier. Right. I'll just give you the. How about I give you the two teams in my my fifth tier here? The two teams okay. I have on the bottom of the conference. I I group okay. the Thunder and the Rockets together here, at okay. the bottom, just because I have no idea what the Thunder are going to be doing all season. It's going to be. It just continues to be a way station. It, it's like 
Professor X's home for wayward NBA stars. You come for a little bit, you know, you get the magic mutant dust on you and then you leave. Mm-hmm. And then I, then you got the Rockets who I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what their, their plan is right now. And I feel like it might be, they, they could be the worst team in the NBA this season. So, okay. I have, so in my fourth tier, which is my last one, um, I have the Thunder, I have the Rockets, and I also have the Spurs. So let's talk about the Thunder for two seconds really quick. Okay. Ooh, um, you put the Spurs down there. I did. Tough. Yes. And Tough. We'll get okay. into that. We'll get into okay, that. Okay. We, um, we can. So the Thunder. Uh, I'm having so much fun already. I'm sorry. This is fun. I just sort of went out. I had so much fun listening to you and Chris do this, and I was so excited. <laughs> okay. I want to hear. <laughs> it's like when you get put into your favorite movie, you know? Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead, Mike. Sit, sit on your hands, Rohan, for two okay. seconds. Okay. Um, so the Thunder have Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's an all-star talent, obviously. He just signed a max extension. For this season, though, maybe one of my favorite stats in the entire NBA, and I, I hope I'm not getting this wrong, but I don't think I am, um, no player on the Thunder will be making over $10 million, um, which is just wild. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's like crazy, that, that, is, yeah. that is an absolutely ridiculous statement, but it's I, I think it's true. Um, you know, they have a bunch of really exciting singular prospects with Poku and Maladon and, and Josh Giddy, who unfortunately sprained his ankle in his first um, summer league game. You wouldn't know about that because you don't watch summer league. Um, <laughs> but I see your tweets. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I like Derek Favors is really the only guy on this team who can safely be labeled a vet and he'll probably get traded at some point I would think to a team that could actually use Derek Favors because I think he's still a pretty he's a decent player I'm just never going to give up on Derek Favors personally but yeah like you look look at this roster to Shea Gilgis Alexander it's then it's just a bunch of young dudes I mean Lou Dort is interesting. We'll see if his offensive improvement is sustainable and the three-point shooting doesn't revert back to what it was when he was a rookie. But this team's going to be bad. Really, really bad. This is the first year it feels like they're really doing a full-on tank. I mean, they were actually, I think, decent first stretches of last year, playing a lot of close games. Yeah, they're they're going to be rough. I'm a big Shea fan. I, I think mm-hmm. he is... I mean, part of it is playing for a team that's obviously not trying to compete right now. The other part of it is just playing in Oklahoma City. I think he's a star in the making. I really like him. So I hope at some point they're willing to put a better infrastructure around him. And we saw how good he could be when they got like Chris Paul there. So, yeah, it just it continues to be obviously a holding pattern for OKC. So it's going to be another couple of years before they're trying to do anything at least. So I just want to say, as we kind of segue into the Rockets, the I think you'll agree with me, Rohan. The decision to trade, and you have not seen this player play because he is at Summer League, but Shingun on the Rockets, the 16th overall uh, this, this, pick. This, this is what I'm talking about, though, is people are like, I see the Shingun takes Dude. flowing like hot the- lava through the streets of Pompeii. <laughs> and it's like, can we pump the brakes? Can we please pump the brakes on the Shangun takes? So we can't. He is very <laughs> Did, good. Didn't Anthony Morrow drop like 47 points in a summer league game once? It's not It's not about that. It's not about the stats. <laughs> okay, you, okay. You, you, you watch this dude play. He's super fluid. He's He can move his feet. They have him trapping ball screens offensively. He's just like... 
he's just he has it. He just has it. He has every skill that you need to be successful as a big in today's league. And the Thunder traded to could have drafted him. The Thunder who are rebuilding and would really could really use a franchise center. Um, uh, uh, franchise center. Hold on. Let me move to the front of my camera. Okay. Like it's a horror movie that's taking place over Zoom. Franchise <laughs> center? Doug, he's going to be really good. Okay, um, okay. Re- regardless, okay, regardless, like, he, you trade this player who is, I think, going talented. to be. Talented, who's talented? A talented prospect for two future protected first round picks. And this is the type of move where if you're a Thunder fan, you should be like, what are, what's going on? Like, we're already neck deep into the rebuild. Um we already have all the picks. Every Here's pick a pro- they acquire from now on is diminishing returns. I agree. And, like, this is just, like, pyramid scheme stuff right now. <laughs> like, that, ty- that type of move is when you get into the, okay, what is, what's going on? When are we actually going to bring talent into the building? And I know that they just signed Shea to the max extension, so it's like, let's get good players. Like, wait, what do we, I understand the value of draft picks. I understand all that. I understand that you can't bring in like it's not a free agency destination market you probably can't trade for a star because they're just going to leave as soon as they have an opportunity to do so you gotta you gotta build everything organically through the draft i understand but this is just not i just i don't understand that one at all should the thunder not be in on ben simmons why would they be he's four years left on his contract that's really why if you can somehow get him without giving up Shea, isn't that exactly the kind of move they need to be making? What I on mean, earth it's is not possible? Like we we just trashed their roster, and the Sixers are trying to win a championship. So what on earth is are they going to give Philadelphia? I'm not saying that it's an easy move for them to make. If they, can, but if mm-hmm. the whole point, ever the one thing everyone talks about that I get killed on Twitter for mentioning once is they can't use all those picks. They simply cannot. Mm-hmm. Is there no way for them to package those? And maybe it's a three-teamer that gets them Simmons. I just, if there's a star with that many years left on his deal, they have to be in on it. When the timing is right and the star is right, I think they'll strike. I don't think that the timing is right and I don't think the star is right for Simmons. I think you could do a lot worse than a Shea-Simmons core and try to build around that, but I don't know. Um. I, you know, I don't disagree necessarily, but I think that you want to hold those for a better player personally. Um, okay, so the Rockets, we agree, are going to be bad. You know, Jalen Green's exciting. They, have they lost Kelly Olynyk. They lost the god Kelly Olynyk, um, but they have Shingun, so they're set. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> the people, Spurs, people so- are going to forget about Olajuwon by, by the time this shoots out of his career. <laughs> um. Very fair. Uh, okay, so the Spurs I have in my my worst tier. Let me explain. Um, I spoke to Becky Hammond yesterday in an interview that went up on SI.com. Everyone should go check that out. And I asked her about San Antonio's offseason, just what she thought of it. And the first thing she said was, you have to look big picture. And that was basically her saying and this is not breaking news but they are finally entering a full-on rebuild as an organization they just lost their best player demar Derozan. they lost patty mills they lost rudy gay those were two key players off the bench two vets um you know 
I love a bunch of their young players. DeJounte Murray, who I profiled for SI last year. Keldon Johnson just won a gold medal. Devin Vassell, Lonnie Walker. Jakob Pertl was the best rim protector in the NBA last season. Um, I, you know, I just don't know in crunch time, like, who's taking the shot, who's running the offense. Um, I think this team will not beat itself. But right now, they just, they just don't have a lot of talent, frankly. And I they're, don't. They're bad. The only reason I have them in my next tier up is out of respect mm-hmm. for Greg Popovich. Okay. That's it. That's the only reason. I don't know how they didn't get – you and Chris touched on this a tiny bit. I don't know how they didn't get Markkinen back in that DeRozan sign-and-trade. I don't know what's going on with Lowry Markkinen. And there's a couple free agents still out there. Josh Hart. I, I just don't know what's going on with these guys. And it's strange to me. They're useful players, but the cap space is drying up. Mm-hmm. The Spurs are in a weird spot, man. At least the Thunder are trying to get all these draft picks. It felt like for years the Spurs were – actively trying to be the, the 10th seed in the West. Uh, they, they probably could have afforded to do this teardown a couple years earlier. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're going to be very good, but I, I hold Popovich in such high regard that I was willing to bump them into my tier four. That's fair. I think that, you know, they have all their own picks. And if you're very bad and you let all your young guys develop on the court this season, then you get – that top five pick, hopefully, t- maybe you get the first pick. Who knows? I mean, the San Antonio Spurs have had plenty of luck with that. Um, okay, so what is your next? So let, let's start. Let's kick things off with your next tier. I guess your okay. tier four. So what's the what's the top team? This is my uh, my tier four. Just read read me all the teams. Actually, I will. I'll do that because I don't know that I necessarily. I like the tiers because I don't know that I want to separate these teams just yet, but I know I have them together. Okay. So I got the Spurs, as we mentioned, the Wolves, Mm -hmm. Kings, Mm -hmm. and Pelicans all together. That's my tier four. Okay. Um, So in my tier three, I have Kings, Pelicans, Wolves, and I have the Blazers as well. So we can just leave them out of the discussion for the time Mm -hmm. being. But which team do you want to focus in on first? Let's talk about the Pelicans. Because I think they're probably the most interesting team here. I know you hated their offseason. Yes. I don't understand why they aren't maybe more interested in bringing back Josh Hurd in a long-term deal. I like him. He seems like someone who could be a useful player on a good team. Should they not have been in on Schroeder? Would you not rather him have him than Devontae Graham? If I could get Dennis Schroeder without giving up a first-round pick... Yes, I would rather have Dennis Schroeder. I think that the big thing there was the shooting, and Dennis Schroeder has never been even close to league average on pull-up threes. That's something Devontae can do, so I think that maybe they had some appeal there, but you know, we've already gone deep into the weeds on the, you know, the agency connections and right. all that, and I don't, I don't know, but... Um, no, I would have. I would have paid Schroeder. I think Schroeder is better than Devonte Graham, and um, I would have. I would have rather paid him, especially similar money. If that's what we're talking about, definitely the same contract, maybe even a little bit more. I'd rather invest in Schroeder um, than Devonte. And we talked about this when we talked about the Pelicans offseason. Until Zion gets a lot better defensively. I don't understand how they're supposed to build 
a competent defense around him because who who can you identify for me which centers make sense next to Zion Williamson? Because right now the best I could give you is Kelly Olenek. <laughs> They're going to play Valanchunas, and people are like, oh, he can shoot better than Steven Adams. Valanchunas is not going to be spotting up in the corners. That's not going to happen. No, so, I, I, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, my question is how exactly is this defense better than last year? Last year they were disgraceful. Um, this year they lose, like, you know, Lonzo Ball is a good defender. Eric Bledsoe is a good defender. Steven Adams is an okay defender and does other things on the glass and in the paint that are helpful to a defense. Um, yeah, they got worse at the thing that they needed to get better at. Um, so it's it pains me, honestly, because Zion, I just, I, I can't really stress how good I think Zion is already. Like, just all-time stuff. And his, should his, have been an all-NBA player. His, uh, so I have a friend who, I, I might be in trouble for saying this. I have a friend who works at a law firm that I guess was somehow involved in the Zion lawsuit. That mm-hmm. was going on with him and, you know, the former marketing agent, whatever that was. And she was like, what's something I can say in the office that makes it sound like I care about basketball? And I was like, just tell them that Zion's shot chart in the paint looks like an impressionist painting. Because it's just it's just dot, 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 dot around the restricted area. It's it's insane. He's he's like the first power forward since Zach Randolph, except he can. He can actually jump. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Yeah, I I knew he was going to be good, and I don't even – he was like the first college basketball player I, I had cared to watch in years. And even though I understood the hype and was so excited to watch him play, I can't believe how good he was so quickly. Like from the moment he stepped on the NBA floor, he's been one of the better players on the court. It's crazy. And I, I just – I don't understand how they're not able to make this team better than what it's been. And part of that problem, I think, is defensively it's so tricky to build around him because of his size. But, uh, yeah, they should be they should be so much further along than where they are. What was the office's reaction when she told them to do the impressionist I don't, painting? I don't, know th- I don't know that she's gotten to drop that one yet, but I will, okay. I will hopefully report back on a future pod. Okay, beautiful. I'm 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 counting on it. Um, well, judging by your reaction, apparently it won't be received very well because I thought maybe you could have sold that a little bit better for me. <laughs> no, that was good. That was okay, good. Okay, okay. Um, so I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Blazers in a second, not right now, but mm-hmm. when we do, we're gonna talk. You know, there's the possibility, obviously, that. I mean, the big reason that I had the Blazers in this category was mm-hmm. the Damian Lillard potential for a trade and um i think that the pelicans everyone talks about the knicks and the sixers like the pelicans are the team that should 100 percent just give it all up for dame Mm. like you have ingram when Devontae graham is eligible for a trade by Devontae, and you have all the picks picks that no other team save Oklahoma City, and they're not making that trade, can really offer. So why not? 
I just feel like that yeah, that package is brilliant. They should be they should be in on Beagle, frankly. Even if he hasn't asked out, just float it by Washington and see what they say. If you're thing, Washington, uh, uh, it would be kind of insane if you think about it to turn down Devontae, Ingram, maybe Hart, and a ton of picks. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm being an idiot, but I don't know. I do. They should be in on all stars. Is the point, and I agree. That's just like in the first era, like that gets you to. Oh, there's all this fear about you know Zion taking the qualifying offer, which there was also some rumblings a little bit about Luca doing the same thing. And Luca's like, give me $200 million, please. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think that Zion's actually going to do that. So I think that some of that is um, not real, but this just gives you like a firm identity and, 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 and like a direction as an organization, yeah. frankly, with, if you get Dame in the building, so we have a top 10 player and we have Zion who's, going to be a top 10 player maybe this season honestly yeah, so and we'll have we'll have two of the best scorers in different areas also in the league it would be insane it would be awesome defense will be atrocious and they aren't winning the championship but it, it does it does honestly doesn't they really could, they'd they'll be win like games. they'd be like a light they'd be like a diet version they'd be an extreme end version of the nuggets where you know, the Nuggets a couple years ago, I think the Nuggets in a playoff series can defend well enough to win a championship at this point. But like a couple years ago, they could not. And the Pelicans in a Dame and Zion scenario would be, I think, be like a mutant version of that, where they're just scoring so much that the defense may, in fact, not matter. Yep. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. 
sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right, so let's talk about the Kings really quick. What Just what are your flashbulb thoughts about the Sacramento Kings heading into the season? Yeah, I... I don't know what the Kings are doing. A couple years ago, it felt like they were finally moving in the right direction when they had Dave Yeager and their offense was playing really fast. And De'Aaron Fox is one of the more exciting players in the league. They, For some reason, that's still unclear to me. They let Yeager go. They bring in Luke Walton. And the team just hasn't been the same since. I think they have interesting pieces there. Fox could have been an all-star last year. Richon Holmes, I think, is probably one of the more underrated centers in the league. But right now, it's unclear what's happening with Buddy Heald. They have too many guards on the team. Uh, They drafted another one, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. The Bagley situation seems untenable. It seems like he has to get moved. I I don't know what's going to happen with them. This is another team. They obviously don't have the top-end talent the Pelicans do in Zion, but I think they should be a lot better than what they are. At what point do they have to blow it up and start all over again? I can't imagine Fox is going to want to stay there forever if they keep running into these roadblocks every season and a half. Uh, they're, mm-hmm. they're just really disappointing to me more than anything else. It feels like they should be a lot further along, and they were finally headed in the right direction, and somehow they've lost all of that success that they built up a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, I think that – look, I'll start, I'll start positive. Um, <laughs> you know – De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill, uh, Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, and Rashawn Holmes was a very good five-man unit last year. Um, and I actually like the Fox, the potential of a Fox, Halliburton, Davion Mitchell three-guard lineup. Like, I'm here mm-hmm. for that. I, I think that, again, you don't watch Summer League, so you don't know how good at defense well, Davion seen, Mitchell is. I've seen the clips of Mitchell playing defense, and I think he's a great prospect. I That just is... I think the three of them together is too small. It's, I think they're going to run into some issues. I mean, we've seen more and more teams have success with the three-guard lineups. So I hear what you're saying. I don't think it's impossible. And Halliburton's awesome. Mm-hmm. I just I worry about the, the size of those three together defensively. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, I don't think they, they should start or anything. And Mitchell's a rookie and uh, Halliburton's a second-year player. So, you know, they'll – have their role, whatever their role is. Um, I think that, you know, when you talk about the stunted progress, it just begins and ends with Marvin Bagley and that draft. Like if you take Luca, things are different. If you take Jaron Jackson Jr., things are different. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was in that draft class. I mean, like Trey Young obviously wouldn't fit, but like if you take someone who was really good from that draft class, like your situation is just you're in a different spot right now. I think that, you know, is this the year that Marvin Bagley is able to stay healthy? Is this the year that, um, 
you know, will Luke Walton still experiment with Marvin Bagley at the five, even though those lineups were the worst defensive groups you'll ever see watching NBA basketball? Um, I don't know. So, you know, will they trade Harrison Barnes? Will they trade Rashawn Holmes? Will they trade Buddy Heald? I mean, all these are really good questions. This is why I just can't get too high on the Sacramento Kings team that's been inconsistent mm-hmm. forever. Um, okay, so the Minnesota We should talk about the Wolves, yes. Yes, yes, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So um, I feel like Wolves Twitter loves to point out how well they played when D'Angelo and Carl Towns were healthy last year. That's like the saving grace of this team. I just think that even if that's the case, I can't in good conscience put them ahead of. Even if they're at the top of this tier, I'm looking at my list, and I think the best they can do is 10th place. Mm. I so I ranked every team numerically and then I broke it into tiers and I had them ninth mm. and I had the Blazers 10th but again that's just because of the I don't I don't know I guess it's likely that Dame will get traded so that's why I, I don't had to think put he's it there. I, I for what it's worth I don't think he gets traded this year it doesn't seem like he's fully requested the trade and on top of that it just I think it's going to be so weird to move him in season now. I think that maybe it'll be easier on the trap, and you see, like, this summer who has the number one pick, et cetera, things like that. So maybe I'm a little less confident than you in Dame getting moved this year. Okay, but regardless, when I look at Minnesota, like, <laughs> I think a lot of people sleep on Carl Anthony Towns. And, like, I'm not a D'Angelo Russell person. Really? But if he's your third best player, like if Anthony Edwards really hits this year um, and really comes into his own as, I mean, I think he should have been the rookie of the year last season and he's just really dynamic. And when those two hit him and Carl, they looked like that's just like a, a real solid, if not potentially great duo for the future. Um, according to Clint in the glass, D'Angelo Russell, Edwards, and Towns played 687 non-garbage time possessions last year, and Minnesota's offensive rating was 125.3 in that time. So there's some reason for optimism offensively. Um, Defensively, I think there's just a whole... I don't know. They've been bad forever. I don't know how they get better on that end. And depth is also an issue here, for sure. And they just gave up Ricky Rubio. Um, So... It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting for them because they have a lot. Um, I mean, they they just want to be a good team, and I think they have a lot of talented players, and are not bringing in a rookie this year because of the trade for D'Angelo, unfortunately. But um, I don't know. I just think that Towns is a star, and <laughs> like this is the first time he has like a really good, like awesome ball handler with him with Edwards. So. I'm I'm high on them. Yeah, it's not even that I feel low on the Wolves. I think this could just could be a situation where they get better, but I don't think their best is as good as the teams ahead of them. If only because I think those other teams have better stars and more cohesive uh, rosters, more depth, etc. It's not even so much that I'm anti Wolves as much as I am not sure that they can break into that next group. I do think Towns is obviously a very good player and has gone through so much, and I'm just awed by how he was able to even play last season considering the circumstances. 
he's been playing under for a couple years now. In terms of basketball, you you mentioned this, but how good can your defense be when two of your best players are Carl Towns and D'Angelo Russell? That's always going to be, I think, a little bit of an issue for them. I think they also run into a little bit of a problem, signed Jason Ware. How do you put the right front court around someone like Towns? Who are the right players to get in next to him, et cetera? Torian Prince, baby. <laughs> I I do like Torian Prince. I, I surprised he's like not made it work uh, or stuck out on a more talented team. But yeah, it's I I like the Wolves. I, I think that they're doing the right things. I just don't know how they break into kind of the the next the next tier in the West because I think mm-hmm. those teams are just better. They're just better. Yeah, I I think that. Um... The play-in should be the goal, and I think the play-in is achievable for them just because mm-hmm. of the talent that they have. Um, okay, do you want to now? I guess. Well, I'm I'm already in my second tier right now. How big so, are your freaking tears, man? Do you you I feel like uh, you know, we need to teach you about exclusivity a little se- bit. You know, the, you're just you're just letting <laughs> everyone in the club, huh? My tier one is pretty big, just because I think that. <laughs> Uh, I guess like tier two and tier one are the same size. Yeah, I get we're it. In t- we're in the top eight. Uh, um, but uh, do you want me to give you my tier two and then and then we can kind of sift through and see if I, I'm yes. pretty sure we'll be on the same page. But yeah, maybe I think we so. Won't be. Okay, so my tier two is actually the the Memphis Grizzlies, mm-hmm. the Clippers, the Nuggets, <laughs> and the Mavericks. Are you? Remember, why are you laughing? Remember, like thirty seconds ago, when you said, "I think we'll be on the same page here." Yeah, are we? We're not. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> can I? Can I tell you my tier three, and then we can we can. I think it would be better to discuss why we are so different on these teams. So you know, you said that the pod with Chris was like a Nolan movie, and this That's is true. just this is I, now I Nolan tripping on. Tripping on acid. We are... I took us off the rails here. I've mixed in a little David Lynch, a little Mulholland yeah. Drive. 100%. Yeah. Okay, here's my tier three, okay? Okay. The Blazers, uh-huh. the Mavericks, the okay. Grizzlies. Are you ready for this one, Mike? And the Jazz. I, I mean, I you know what? I, I had a feeling you were going to do that, and <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll save the Jazz talk. Um, okay. For later, but... I think so. Okay, so okay, so let's talk about the Grizzlies because I know that that's a team <laughs> that we that. both yeah. have. Yes, yeah. yes. They're okay. listen. They're young. They have a good roster, but they don't. I think Jaw's still going to need another year or two before he is. I think we saw the best of Jaw, and I wouldn't say the worst, but also his shortcomings, perhaps in that playoff series against the Jazz. We saw the best of him in that playing game against the Warriors. I think he's going to need another year or two before he's like a consistent, I'm getting us into the playoffs guy, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not low on the Grizzlies as much as they're a young team. And, you know, they're playing in a conference loaded with like veteran title chasers. So that's why I have them in the back half of the playoff bracket. But I also, and I, the reason why I have the Jazz here, and we don't have to talk about the way I really am was less about how I think they're going to finish in the regular season, which maybe that was the assignment. And I it was, I it was, but that's okay. it a little bit too hard. I, but I just went more so 
where how I feel about them as a title contender. And I feel like the Blazers, Snaps, Jazz, and Grizzlies, to me at least, all have the same chances as winning the title. Okay, so that was not the assignment, and <laughs> you, well, you knew a, that. It was a little mix of both. It was a little mix of both. I did know that. I did know that, uh, but okay. I did it anyway. Okay. So. Let, me, let, let me say a couple of quick things about the Grizzlies. Um, I just think they're really deep. Like I see, I hear what you're saying about Ja. I think Ja's a little bit better than that, mm-hmm. and I've come around on him after everything that he did, you know, in that play-in, and um, in the first round, I thought he also was pretty majestic. Um Mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson Jr. is healthy and will hopefully spend more time at the five now that JV is gone. And I know that Adams is there, but you know, I think that there will hopefully be a spot in the rotation, more cons- a more, more consistent spot in the rotation mm-hmm. for Triple J at the five. Um, I like the fact that they have a defensive identity. They force turnovers. They're physical. They're very aggressive. I, you know, I think that the three-point shooting was an issue last year and wasn't really solved this offseason, and they lose Grayson Allen. So will Desmond Bain take a bigger role? Will, you know, will Ja hit threes? Maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. can um, help space the floor a little bit, and he was just out for so much time last year. So I I think that that is a little bit worrisome. But I just – I go back to the depth with this team, making it through – chugging through the regular season – I think they have a lot of talent. I think their front office is um, maybe the most underrated in the league right now. Uh, They do a terrific job of identifying talent that makes sense for the team, um, getting them on fair contracts or or favorable contracts from the organization's perspective. Um, And they just draft guys who make sense in the NBA and who complement Ja. So I'm I'm high on the Grizzlies, and maybe I'm, I'm honestly short selling them a little bit by putting them this low. What's crazy to me about the Grizzlies is before Giants the league, we were all talking about how Jaron Jackson Jr. is this amazing prospect and the perfect big for the modern NBA, et cetera. And it feels like Jaws has been so good. It's almost overshadowed how great uh, Jaron Jackson was his rookie year. I think they have two outstanding building blocks with them. And like you mentioned, they've done a great job of filling out the roster. I'm with you that the shooting, they need to figure that out, but they still have time to figure out. I'm a huge Desmond Bain fan. He's just a lot of fun. I enjoy watching him play. He's got a great attitude on the court. He's got that little bit of FU in him, which I love. So I I think they're going to be – force is probably too strong, but I think they're going to continue their role of kind of being the the party pooper in the Western Conference moving forward. I mean, I think everyone assumed the Warriors were going to get into the playoffs. The Grizzlies are in that. I I see them doing that again many times this year, just – being a thorn in, in the side of, of the Western Conference uh, for the foreseeable future. So I had the Clippers, Nuggets, and Mavs in this tier. Which team? Which team was the overlap team? Was it the Mavs? Yes, we also. I also had the Mavs in here. I I think the Mavs. I thought they'd just do more this offseason. I mean, they've kind of not really done anything. I mean, they got Reggie Bullock in, but they lost Josh Richardson. I mean, Richardson wasn't great for them, but to me, they, they've been very static. And as you wrote about Luka Doncic today, and you, you pointed out uh, in your story, everyone should read it on SI.com, about kind of the urgency in building around him. I also think his uh, his playoff success has overshadowed the fact that the team needs to be better. 
he's been so good that I think he's bumped them up uh, higher than than where they are. I mean, the Kristaps situation is un- is unfortunately not worked out for them. It made a lot of sense to make that trade, but yeah, I just they just haven't improved the team in the the way that they should have. So I think with Dallas, and yeah, I did spend a lot of time thinking about them and looking over numbers and all that. And heading into this offseason, I looked at Luka's usage. I looked at the fact that when he is he was off the floor in that series against the Clippers, their offense was absolute garbage. And <laughs> they just they had a need for another really quality um, ball handling playmaker. And they should have been on Schroeder too. I I don't know why they weren't. Maybe the personality fit they didn't like, Mm -hmm. but I don't know why they weren't in on Schroeder. I I think you had in your story that they had an 83 offensive rating when Luca was off the floor. That's like, Mm -hmm. like several leagues beyond facing the bad boys Pistons. You know what I mean? That's so bad. You would, I think if you were on the floor with Durant, Irving and Harden, Mm-hmm. I think the Nets could still put up a better offensive rating. If you and I were the other two players on the floor, I think Easily. the Nets could put up a better offensive rating than an 83. Easily. Um, <laughs> that's no question. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, yeah, Luca's usage through the first three years of his career is higher than every single player in NBA history except Michael Jordan through the first three years of his career, which is a fun stat that I um, – found just kind of looking over some stuff and they didn't get that point guard but i i do think that luca is so great that there is a chance that none of it matters and the fact that you add two three and d guys and i use that term very seriously i don't think that they can do anything except shoot threes and and play defense (laughs) um so reggie bullock and sterling brown are, are, are good additions and i think that the josh richardson trade was a mistake because they were trying to clear cap space to get someone like kyle lowry or like you said dennis schroeder who maybe they weren't that interested in to begin with um but they stay above the cap and they bring back tim hardaway jr and boban and um they use that mid level on reggie bullock so i i i think that their roster is better and i think that chris Stapps will be better so they should be formidable. And I've really thought about, honestly, putting them into this higher tier, this tier one, which has like half of the league already in it. I think the Mavs are like slightly better only because they added Bullock and Brown and lost Richardson. So it's like, oh, they have one extra guy. I don't think they're that much better, Mike. I, I think they're shockingly the same. And if Kerstaps improves, that would be huge. That would That's not nothing. He was just such a non-factor against the Clippers and it can be easy to kind of overreact. It's a bad matchup to the playoffs. It's really funny. Bobby Portis and Chris Stapps Porzingis are like on the opposite ends of the, how they ended the season spectrum. And uh, I think people are overrating one and maybe underrating the other based on how their seasons ended. So I guess I have some hope for Chris Stapps and, and it was fun when he was, so fun watching him play that I hope he's able to recapture that. Mm-hmm. I just am not super confident in it. And I guess I'm falling into the trap that I'm I'm explaining, but he just was so so ineffective against the Clippers that I don't know. I, I don't know how it works between the two of them, and, and he seems to be not thrilled about the situation either. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! 
And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. So I had two other teams in this tier for me, um, and we don't really need to go too in-depth on them unless you want to, but I have the, the, they are the Clippers and the Nuggets, and the obvious reasons there are mm-hmm. that... Jamal Murray is recovering from a torn ACL, and so is Kawhi Leonard. And those are that's the best player on one team and the second best player on another team. So, all due respect to Jokic, all due respect to Paul George, um, all due respect to the cultures that are, I think, very positive in both of those organizations right now and the young talent that they have. But the West at the top is really good, and so those teams are healthy. And I had to put them above these two. And if those two players get healthy in the playoffs or right before the playoffs, then we can talk and they'll be forces. But for the regular season, I can't I can't include them with the my top four. Well, so I I think this is where we diverged a bit because I basically created a special tier for the teams that have an injury because I have mm-hmm. the Clippers, Nuggets and Warriors all grouped together. What and tier is that for you? Second, third? That's t- Second tier. That's that's second tier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And here's why. First of all, I think the Nuggets can actually be a really good regular season team, especially with Monte Morris, I think, starting at point guard full time. If Will Barton stays healthy, getting a full year from Aaron Gordon, I think, is going to be really good. I love the Jeff Green signing for them. Although I still think they're too big in the front court and need 
they needed Michael Porter Jr. to be three inches shorter is what they needed. <laughs> they just need him to be a little lower to the ground, a little less upright. But I, I still think they can be a really, really good regular season team. They have the freaking reigning MVP. You know, I, I think they're going to be really good. Yep. I think the Warriors, I'm expecting Clay back sooner rather than later. So I have them grouped together. The Clippers, I actually love their offseason. I love that they brought back Reggie Jackson, uh, brought back Nicholas Batum. Hopefully they get a healthier year from Ibaka. I think Paul George is probably playing with maybe the most confidence he's had in his entire career coming off that uh, playoff run that he had. They've, they're have they kind of used to playing without Kawhi. I mean, that first year, him and Paul George didn't play a ton together. Justice Winslow, if he's healthy at all, I, I think could be a really valuable bench piece. I love that. I love that signing. I love that signing. Love yeah, outstanding. And then Terrence Mann, we saw him shine with a bigger role. I, I think he should be there. Uh, I think he should start for them, frankly. I think I like them as their uh, starting two guard or small forward, depending on where you want to play Paul George. So, Mm-hmm. I think they have a lot of depth, and I, I think they're actually going to be really good during the regular season. But, you know, all those teams, I kind of group them together. They all have that big injury. But I just – I really like them. And I, I know that we haven't dived fully into the Jazz yet. Mm-hmm. Probably a little cheeky by where I put them. I, I think that – I just think the West is really loaded. And, and it's going to, like, cut – on a couple games here, you know, here or there. And I I don't think Utah is as uh, bad as their playoff exit would seem. It's more so that uh, I just think they're due for a little bit of a, a come down to earth, not even let down, but just they maxed out last year. Their three-point shooting and their pull-up three-point shooting was kind of off the charts. I don't know that I expect that to happen again. So, yeah, it's it's – I know I'm being a little trolly there, but I also think the West is genuinely really, really deep this year. No, that's fair. And I, you know, you are being a troll, but that's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, D Wade. Sorry, D Wade. I wrote in my notes here that uh, Terrence Mann will probably win most improved player and um, make Terrence an all star appearance. Good, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's good, though. Um, no, I like I like the Clippers. I I I am probably being a little too negative on them um, and the Nuggets too. And not only do they have the reigning MVP, but the reigning MVP makes everyone so much better with how he plays basketball on offense. So that yeah. Michael Porter Jr. is going to jump up a level if he's healthy. Like I like I like all these teams. Yeah, I wonder if the Nuggets are kicking themselves a tiny bit. And I need to go back and see exactly how they ended up using their exceptions, et cetera, during this offseason. But, man, wouldn't they be the perfect one-year team for Schroeder if he's going to end up taking the taxpayer mid-level? I, I mean, they have Morris, they have Rivers, Composos, so going to play a lot, uh, shockingly. They would have been the perfect one-year team uh, for Schroeder, but alas. That is maybe the greatest point you have ever made to me in conversation. <laughs> yeah, I it just is I think they ended up, you know, they got Jeff Green on that two year that seemed like the taxpayer mid level or around that kind of money. Yeah, if they were able to get truer for that, you know, heck, they could have given him yeah, it, that would have been the perfect, perfect team for him. Yeah, I think that yeah, I'm pretty sure that they do 
have actually i don't i don't know yeah i'm trying to look i'm looking at the the cheat right now on the fly as we record here Mm -hmm. and i'm not positive that they have an exception that's available to them but if they did that would be a really fascinating landing spot despite how crowded um their backcourt is just because of the loss of jamal murray so that that it was a really good that's a really good point even though you're probably wrong um okay so uh, my 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 tier one now let's just jump into it and we can get into all these what, what is it like 18 teams you got half the league in here let's hear it you threw in some eastern conference teams for good measure let's hear your big ass okay. tier one mike okay so i'm gonna give it to you actually in order of how i think the the standings okay. will end um number four the phoenix suns mm-hmm. number three the los angeles lakers number two the Golden State Warriors, and number one. <laughs> okay, okay. Your okay. boys. Before um, we before we talk about okay, you have the Jazz at one. Congrats, yes. congrats. Thank you. You can't accuse me of trolling by putting the Jazz where I did, and then you put the Warriors at number two. Why? What's wrong? That's an equal and and opposite uh, troll. <laughs> Doug, the Warrior. Okay, do you want to let's talk about the Warriors? Um, I love the Warriors, and I first of all, if Otto Porter is healthy, death lineup 3.0, I'm calling it right now, is going to be Steph, Clay, Dre, Iguodala, and Otto Porter. So first of you, all, first of all, why are you all, why are you all, putting your head in your hands for your number two seed? You're 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 putting Otto Porter, who hasn't done anything in the NBA in two years at least ahead of andrew wiggins all of a sudden for no reason what's I'm disrespect not, i'm not putting him ahead of andrew wiggins as a player but that's going to be their closing lineup in a lot of games okay um so i did not have them in the injured i think that it was smart of you to put um the, the warriors nuggets, the, top of that group for me for what it's yeah. worth no, and I understand. I think that was smart, and it makes sense. I'm just very optimistic about Clay's situation relative to mm-hmm. uh, the timeline that Murray and Kawhi are on. Even though I'm not privy to intelligence right. with either I, the, of their situations, the thing that the thing that freaks me out about Clay, just real quick, is one: it doesn't sound like he's still going to be ready to go for the start of the season, and he's beyond not. that, he has missed two straight years of basketball with yes. like. The two worst injuries you could possibly have. No, he's like I, he's I, like I, a he's like a micro fracture away from hitting the trifecta. So, but I I, I want to believe in wishful thinking that he's going to be the same play. So go ahead. I have I have not heard micro fracture used in a sentence in like ten years. So that was that was nice. Um, Clay. I mean, I think he's the biggest variable in the league right now, frankly. Mm-hmm. Like, if Clay Thompson mm-hmm. looks like the Clay Thompson from 2018, then why can't the Warriors win the championship? Uh, like, I think I'm they're confused. a title contender. I think they're a title yeah. contender. They're my number exactly. three team in the West right now. Yeah, I think that offensively, there's really not a humongous concern about him adapting mm-hmm. based on how he plays. Defensively is where, okay, is he? did he lose a step? Is he going to get beat off the bounce? Can he contain point guards at a high level? Can he play the point of attack and be one of the better perimeter defenders? That's the, that's the side of the ball that really matters mm-hmm. here, um, especially if you're going to go small like they they are definitely going to do. Um, I also look at like okay, so they have Otto Porter on a vetman, they add Iguodala on a vetman, Bielitsa on a vetman. Those are like three absolute 
steals. Like we talk about the Brooklyn Nets uh, and, and that's, the that's Lakers. Two, that's two absolute steals and Bielitsa. <laughs> okay, okay, you're you're bringing your your Heat culture um, bias I, into this. I just think I watched him play a good amount last year, and I think he's a. I don't know if he's a steal. He's. A, he, I think he's a steal on that on that contract. Personally, like I, I, I don't know. I think that's good value. Let's say for a good team. Listen, there's a reason there wasn't like the Chris Haynes tweet that was like, really turned down more money. He turned down the full mid level. He turned down five years and fifty million from the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. To, no, uh, no, sure. There's a reason. There's a reason we didn't get one of those. All, all that is fair. Um, the other part of the Warriors are just the fact that they have three blue chip prospects for a trade, like. Yes. Here's one thing I'll throw out about the Warriors. Uh, one thing I, I was doing to kind of get prepared for this exercise was just looking at the depth chart of every Western Conference team. I love so doing job? this. I, you were doing, you yeah. were doing your job. Okay. I was preparing for the podcast. I was preparing for the podcast. <laughs> and uh, here we go, Mister. Oh, I watched. Uh, I looked up this statistic. Uh, this very obscure statistic about what someone suits on Sundays at one p.m. Uh, I I think that they, in an ideal world to me, they're able to turn Wiggins into two players instead of one because I think their roster balance is also a little off where mm-hmm. they have a lot of people who should be playing power forward and center and a lot of people who should be playing one of the two guard spots. And I think they could use you know, another auto Porter type, basically, if, as you say, auto Porter is not able to do anything because of, according to you, he hasn't done anything in two years. Uh, I, I just think th- I love Juan Toscano Anderson. I'm a big JTA fan, but I think he works best as, you know, like a four in a small ball lineup next to Dre, etc. So, and obviously they have Wiseman and Kuminga now, who I, who I think both project to be bigs in the NBA. So I, I think their roster balance is uh, still a tiny bit off. And that is maybe one concern I have about them, even though I'm generally pretty high on them. I think it's not impossible and maybe even likely that by the time the playoffs start, they will have one of Ben Simmons, Dame Lillard, or Brad Beal on their roster. That's all I want to say about the Warriors. Um, can you give me your your tier number one? I can. I have. Okay. Uh, shout out to the Valley uh, Death Valley. I have the Phoenix Suns right now. I think are going to be my one seed in the regular season. Okay. And I also have the Lakers in that tier next to them. That's that's it. That's that's the number yes. one tier. Well, when people usually talk about the top tier, they're usually talking about you know, like I mentioned, an exclusive club, the upper crust, etc. It's not just waving everyone in the door like you did. So. I like to think that as much as I was criticized for how I handled this assignment, I still took it more seriously than you and mm-hmm. didn't sit on the fence. So I decided to make a clear cut number one tier. And that to me, it, uh, the Lakers and the Suns. Okay. So you're wrong, but that's okay. We can talk about these two <laughs> teams now. Um, we actually have an email um, from Zach that I'm going to read to you, Rohan. It's about the Lakers. And I want to get your take on it. You did not have any time to prep here, but um, that should not slow you down. So, so I, coming first, you know, I get criticized for doing my job. Now it's like well, I didn't want you to do it anyway. I, just pick a lane, Mike. Pick a lane. But let's hear it. Let's hear this email. Okay, from Zach. 
Most of us in the analytics-loving early millennial <laughs> slash late Gen X category had the same reaction to the Russell Westbrook trade. Buddy Heald shooting makes more sense, and the team was good enough already that it did not need this type of gamble. But are we overthinking it? I mean, you are adding the most athletic guard in the history of the game to the greatest basketball mind in the history of the game and arguably the most dangerous defensive anchor in the game right now. At this point, should we give superstars the benefit of the doubt that they will adjust their games to fit their team when the superstars themselves are the ones orchestrating the team up? We've even seen it with Westbrook before. He cut out the threes and attacked the rim more in Houston. Granted, he didn't move off ball, but that seemed more like a feature of Houston's offense. If the most athletic guard in the history of the NBA told the greatest player of his generation that he would play within a scheme on defense and cut and screen on offense, should we assume he will do that stuff until proven proven otherwise? If we assume that, are the Lakers the most dangerous team in the league? Rohan, I will cede the floor to you. First of all, did he say the most athletic guard in NBA history twice? I'm sorry, did the Lakers trade for 2009 Dwayne Wade? Uh, is that... Is that oh, what I'm hearing, Zach? We don't uh, need this propaganda right now. The greatest, the the greatest uh, season by a shooting guard in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I agree with Zach to an extent. I'm coming around on the Lakers. First of all, I actually think they did a pretty decent job of filling out the roster post-Westbrook. People are obviously obsessing over the mellow LeBron storyline. Malik Monk, I think, has a chance to be you know, I believe an actual steal, not like a Nemanja Bielitsa level steal, but an actual steal for the Lakers, getting someone that young in on the in the door uh, who shot 40% from three last year, although was it a fluke? He's had some up and down shooting from three, but I mean, his rep coming into the draft was that he was a, a really good shooter. So I really like the Monk pickup. This just comes down to me betting on their health. Number one, I think if LeBron and AD are healthy, that's just a really, really good tandem to start with right there. And it also, I think if Davis is committed to playing the five, which remains to be seen, uh, Jovan Buha. No, 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 it's not. He's not going to play the five. It's just like that. There's been some reporting that they expect his minutes to go up with the five. As I was saying before you so rudely cut me off, uh, shout out to my buddy Jovan, who's reported that he thinks Davis's minutes at the five. He's reported on multiple occasions that most within the organization expected to go up. Uh, I think, oh God, I really hope I'm not making up these numbers because it's been a little while since I read his story, but I want to say it's going up from somewhere to like 25% to 40% of his minutes uh, should be at the five this year. I think that's going to help a lot. If Gasol is healthy and starting, that gives him a little more spacing. Uh, in the starting lineup. I think Frank Vogel has done a great job as the coach here, getting LeBron to buy in on defense. They have kind of the ultimate eraser in Davis. At the end of the day, even though some people say that Spencer Dinwiddie is a better player than Russell Westbrook, I do, think the talent, I do think the talent is here for the Lakers to figure it out, Mike. I just do. I, I have a hard time believing that, they're going to slip so much. Now, are they vulnerable in a playoff series? Yes. I am higher on the Lakers as a regular season team than a playoff team right now. But I think that they're going to rack up a lot of wins during the regular season if everyone stays healthy. So if everyone stays healthy is a pretty big 
caveat there. LeBron is going to be 37. Anthony Davis gets hurt every single year. And if he plays the five, I think that the likelihood of him getting hurt will only um, for what it's up, worth, for what it's worth, LeBron okay. had a pretty freak injury last year and otherwise has been pretty healthy throughout his career. Davis a couple years, like, you know, his last year with the Pelicans was really cut short because of trade rumors. I think he played 70 games the year before that. He was healthy his first season in L.A. I think the longer offseason should help him. So I think the health thing can cut both ways. I'm not saying either one of his is right or wrong. I just think that there's a little bit of evidence on, on both sides. Okay, that's all That's all fair. I think that when we get down to brass tacks here and we talk about Zach's email, which is, you know, should we be giving Russell Westbrook the benefit of the doubt in terms of can he mold his game? There is no evidence in his entire career that he is willing to do that. And there is less evidence that he is able to do that. Um, LeBron and AD need space. I think that that matters. Russell Westbrook cannot shoot. And when he is off the ball and he does not have it, that's the same thing. His man is going to be at the nail. And if Russ is cutting every single night on all these possessions when LeBron is in the post or and they gets a double or AD's in the post and gets a double or there's a um a LeBron AD pick and roll and his man is is helping off if he's and he cuts baseline if if all that is like consistently happening like I would be very surprised um I still don't think that that was worth trading all of your role players for and players who two of them who won a championship for you um, and one who won six man of the year uh, two years ago. I, I don't think that that trade was was the right move. So, like, I'm still just skeptical. And I, I do acknowledge that some of these, um, some of the signings are, are good value. Uh, I just want to see what the identity of this team is because it's not going to be defense anymore. It just, it, it can't. Um, so... Yeah, that's why I'm a little bit lower, I think, on the Lakers than a lot of people. I think you have every reason to be skeptical. And, you know, some of their signings, I I don't know how many minutes Ariza can give them a night. I don't know how many minutes Melo can give them a night. Losing Caruso probably offends me more than most people. I think he's awesome. They're really, really going to miss him. I'm with you that KCP and Kuzma were so valuable to what they did that I, I would probably still rather have last year's version of the Lakers than this year's. But when I look at them in a vacuum, I don't think that means that they're going to be bad. I will say right now, I have a lot of trouble imagining who their closing five is going to be. We know LeBron and mm-hmm. AD are going to be on the floor. Is it? I mean, you're just, you're just saying that Westbrook isn't because that would be news to Westbrook. Right? Exactly. But I, that's what I'm saying. I think they're more vulnerable in the playoffs than they would be during the regular season. And I know I joked about this, but it is funny to to use Wade as a little bit of a comparison with Westbrook because on one hand, those first couple of years in Miami, Wade was also never a good shooter. I, I don't think he was quite as bad as Westbrook was, but it's not like he was someone who in his career was playing off ball, cutting, you know, roaming baseline, et cetera, until LeBron got to Miami. If they can use Westbrook in a role similar to what they did with Wade those first couple years in Miami, maybe they can have success. You know, the problem is Davis, I think, makes that more complicated. Beyond that, though, on the flip side, I will also say 
loyal listeners of Open Floor know I did a podcast with Chris Bosch a couple months ago about Game Six of the Finals uh, from 2013, and one of the crazy stats from that series was the Spurs killed the Heat when Wade, Bosch, and LeBron were on the floor together. And I think it kind of serves as a blueprint for how teams will defend these Lakers to an extent in the playoffs with Russ. So I I hear all your concerns. I just think all of them are going to play a much bigger role in the playoffs compared to the regular season. But I, well, man. I think I think in the regular season when they're trying to figure everything out, they're vulnerable. Like the guys on there, like in you know, a second night of a back to back, who is like everyone talks about like oh Russ is going to take the pressure off of LeBron. It's like Russell Westbrook, as far back as two seasons ago, was not playing back to backs. Houston did not allow it. There's a reason for that. He is I, he is not young, and he has had multiple knee surgeries. Like, this just isn't I, like I, I hear that, but you think about how much skepticism you've had about the Lakers roster construction. Think about how much skepticism we had two years ago when it was like, what is Rob Plinka doing? Like, Rondo, really? Like, what's going on here? These are the guys they're bringing how in. How dare you bring Rondo into this? <laughs> the God. Um, <laughs> I just think that LeBron and AD are too good for them to not figure something out during the regular season where they are just going to overwhelm teams with their talent there. It's just a different game. That's what it is. And I I think another thing that happens in the offseason, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, is you start judging teams based on what happened in the postseason, et cetera. But that's just a different style of basketball. It, I don't think it's it's apples and apples I, comparing, you know, how it's going to work. And I, for what it's worth, the Wizards were really good down the stretch of the, the season, and that was with Westbrook playing a lot. They went on a huge run. So I don't think it's impossible. I, I think that they can figure it out. During the regular season, to me, the idea that they're going to finish behind Golden State, I'm not saying it's impossible. It would just surprise me a lot if – the Lakers stay healthy. Okay. Um, we should make a wager at some point before oh, the season God. begins about the Lakers because I, I want to. Um, I think that their defense I love is how low you're so, you're so I love the I love the passion that comes out of you, especially when you're mm-hmm. talking about the Lakers and earlier this week the Sixers. I love it. I love <laughs> I love what those two teams Those are my two squads, yeah. I love what those sure. two teams bring out in you. Uh just unabashed hate. Um, so, I, yeah, man, I I hear all your concerns. I think they're all mm-hmm. right. I just think that's going to p- be a bigger deal in the postseason than the regular season. Okay, so let's close real quick with um, just me saying why I think the Jazz are going to be number one again. Um, I feel like there's a damper on this team just because of how their season ended, and I know, <laughs> I know Kawhi Leonard – tore his ACL in that series and all that. And Terrence Mann just went off from the corners and hit 17 three-pointers in the game of his life. But, like, I feel like over people overlook that Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley were not 100% either. And the Jazz were a total wrecking ball throughout all of last year. They added helpful players. Um, you know, the, the, the signing of Rudy Gay. They trade for Eric Pascal. Um, Gay was... At Real Steel, and you and uh, Chris talked about that on on the show earlier this week, but love that move for them. Yeah, and I just don't understand why the Jazz would be worse 
next year unless they like maybe they spend the season experimenting with different defensive schemes to prepare for the playoffs but uh, like the bucks did but i just don't i don't know that you can do that with a roster that has rudy gobert and hassan whiteside on it and i think that throughout the regular season they'll play to their strengths and they'll be very good like they they have everybody back basically who was in the rotation and they were awesome so i don't Assuming they're healthy, like I just don't see why I should think that they'll fall off. It's not even that I think the Jazz will fall off as much as like the rest of the teams will catch up. You know, the Lakers, we're not going to be in the playing tournament again if their guys are healthy. And beyond that, I think that they're a team that just maxed out last year during an incredibly strange season. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, like they were going nuts on pull up threes and like they have talented shooters, but I don't know that I necessarily trust, you know, like Royce O'Neal and Ingles to an extent, although Ingles is a good player, Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson went nuts last year. Is Jordan Clarkson going to be able to put together that kind of year again? I, I just am a little skeptical of all of those guys. Like it felt like every single one of their role guys had the best year of their life. And I'm, um, a little skeptical about that happening again. And then I just look at, I think the Suns, the Suns like started out last year pretty bad. I think they were like eight and eight to start the season and then went like 32 and eight the next 40 games or something crazy yep, like that. Yep. So I think the Suns are going to be a lot better. I think the Lakers are going to be healthier. I think the Warriors are going to be better. Uh, and I, I just think that is what made me bump the Jazz down. So I, it's not that I'm super low on them. It's just as they're going to, come down a peg or two and I have all these teams going up that it just puts them, I think not quite the one seed. Uh, we also haven't talked about the sun. So I actually think they're going to be number one in the conference uh, during I, the regular season. Yeah. You know, Although, I, mean, I, I will say the suns, I think also never used their mid-level exception, um, which is surprising to me. And I, I wonder if they'll still go out and sign one more player, but they have, a, I think, their starting five had like a terrible net rating for the first couple months of the season, then ended up being one of the better units uh, in the league, especially in the playoffs. So I think the Suns will be a lot better. But yeah, it, it's not that I think the Jazz aren't talented. I just, I think they really, really maxed out last year. And I have a hard time believing they can put, put have the same exact chemistry again this year. I didn't really want to spend too much time talking about the Suns just because, like, I think that their, like, their offseason was very... um, Low-key. I mean, they added JaVale, and that was about it. Yeah, and I think that that signing is is helpful. They're going to not have Dario Saric next season, most likely, which hurts, but maybe Jalen Smith can step in and be productive. And then they're also going to be playing just a lot of confident basketball with a lot of continuity, Mm. which I value, and I think that's why I also think that Utah will be really good. Um, Landry Shamit is, is a nice um, mm-hmm. addition for them. I don't know if he'll be in the rotation uh, in the playoffs or anything like that. But yeah, I just, I, you know, I just think they're good and they'll, they're a really good regular season team. Mm-hmm. They know themselves. They know how they want to play. They are vulnerable a little bit maybe to a Chris Paul injury. And we'll see how that kind of works its way out. If they're able to, to stay above water, if slash when that happens, um, but yeah, like I, I just, I haven't, I didn't give them too much thought when I was going through this just because I, I have a lot of respect for them. I think they're really good. And, um, 
We'll see. We'll see how they do. Um, Rohan, that pretty much does it for today's show. Is there anything else that uh, that we missed that you wanted – any other points you wanted to make? Man, not really. Only that I, when I was listening to you and Chris and then going through all these rosters just got me excited all over again uh, for the NBA season to start. I think it's going to be a really interesting season. And I'm just – it's weird how there's still some free agents left on the board. It, it usually doesn't drag on this late. I'm very curious to see what happens. Buddy Heal, Josh Hart, Larry Markinen, who aren't obviously big stars, but I think guys who can have an impact depending on where they land. So I'm very interested to see kind of how the rest of free agency shakes well, out. That was a terrific point. Buddy Heal is under contract and not a free agent. But um, on that note, we will end today's show with Rohan's um, – Egregious mistake. Uh, everyone, please email us in at openfloormail at gmail.com, openfloormail at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about um, our tiers. What were your, what are your tiers for both conferences? Um, what did we get why, right? What did we get wrong? Why does Michael insist on having the size of his tiers being too big, etc.? <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yes, we, we look forward to reading those processing those answering those um on future episodes um until then everybody stay safe everybody continue to enjoy enjoy the nba offseason i'm katia adler host of the global story over the last 25 years i've covered conflicts in the middle east political and economic crises in europe drug cartels in mexico now i'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it join me monday to friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means follow the global story from the bbc wherever you listen to podcasts Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.